Father, we just thank you this morning. <laughs> just your goodness. Thank you that we can gather freely this morning in our nation around the centerpiece of Christ. And we don't take it for granted this morning, Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are moving among your people. I thank you that this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And you are moving in, in ways that I, I really pray, Lord God, that we rise to this occasion um, for this incredible time in history. So bless your church this morning, Father. Thank you for every single one of them. I pray this morning that your word does what only it can do. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, for those, thank you guys. For those who were at Sisters yesterday, I don't know if anyone was at Sisters, but I just wanted to say again a huge thank you. We had a phenomenal, phenomenal day. Um, sweet, rich, powerful, relaxing even though it was a big day, but I just am so, so grateful what God's doing amongst the sisters. And I know here we still have a couple of sisters things before the end of the year. So if you're free, make sure you chat to Tristan or Lois and that will get you up to date on what is happening, um, which would be amazing. We are in Colossians. I don't know if you've been enjoying the Colossians teaching, but grab your Bibles um, I have asked Annalise this morning if she would come and read to us Colossians 3. So beautiful. Come up here and we're going to read the whole of Colossians 3 because we're going to try and cover just three points out of it this morning. But um, it's going to be on the screens if you don't have your Bible with you this morning. But Annalise, take us through. I'd love to. All righty. So this chapter is titled, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever brings to you earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no gentle of Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave of three of Christ is all and is not in all. Therefore, as God chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other as if any of you has grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgives you, and over all of these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since members of one body you are all called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and 
acknowledge one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in world or deed, do it in all the name of the Lord of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Did you want me to get, yeah? Amazing. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as in one fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to carry their favour with sincerity of the heart, reverence of the Lord. Whatever you do, work it all with your heart as working for the Lord, not on human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord's Christ that you are serving. Anyone who does the wrong thing will be repaid. Sorry, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. Masters, yeah, perfect. Amazing. Good job. Give her a hand. That's, that's a big chunk of scripture. <laughs> but, you know, we have, like, Colossians has four chapters, and we're covering these four chapters in our month of November. And um, today, week three, it's around living in love and living in this new creation. And, and it's fantastic. Um, it focuses on the theme of putting off the old self, putting on the new self. And Paul is instructing the Colossian Christians to set their mind on things above. Set your mind. Set your mind on things above. Um, years ago, Mark and I, we were travelling and we were on a plane and as it took off, and we're heading up into that cruising altitude of 35,000 feet, um, the little boy behind us yells out, Mom, I can see the whole world from up here. And we laughed. And then later, it's like, it's amazing when you look at things from a different perspective, how you see things differently. And this is what Paul is saying to the Colossian Christians, um, when you see things up close, you sometimes after a long period of time, you lose certain perspective. And he's saying to the church, get heaven's perspective on life here. Set your mind on things above. You know, often if Mark and I have big decisions to make, and we seem to having to be having to make them more and more often. Um, we get away from the immediate. Even if it's not, you know, going away for a weekend, it's kind of not the life we live. But even if we just go away from our home for a couple of hours on a walk and get out of our immediate suburb and get into the wide open spance, we find ourselves getting clarity a lot easier than when we're kind of in our normal situation. 
And this is what Paul is saying. Discover your godly viewpoint. Discover your godly new creation perspective based upon the view of where God sits with Jesus sitting beside the Father interceding for us rather than from our current earthly experiences. Because we all know that when you sit in them for a long amount of time, it can become quite normalised. And suddenly walking not in the fullness of Christ becomes quite normalised for us and we can all do that. Heaven's perspective changes everything. It changes, like we become very more aware of other people in our world. We become more aware, well, I do anyway, of my own weaknesses and strengths when I get away. We become more aware that God is a loving Father and He has good, good plans for His children. And we, we do become more aware, I do, of my smallness and God's greatness. And sometimes to reposition yourself and be intentional about setting your mind on things above is a powerful way for us to live. And can I say, family, especially in the days that we live in and the days that are approaching, we are going to be, we're going to have to become very good at continuing to set our mind, to set our sights, to stand set in the Word of God. If you look at the tense that Paul is using here, he is saying we've already been raised to Christ. We've already, already been raised to life in Christ Jesus. So the moment you say yes to Jesus, it's like we've already, right then, we've been raised to life in Christ. However, <laughs> then we have this continual journey daily of outworking our salvation. Your salvation, my salvation affects every single part of our life, our, our choices, the way we view our fellow human being, the, the way we put our hand to our work, the way we love others, the way we parent. And this is outworked in our life continually till the day we take our last breath here and our first breath in heaven. It is this outworking of our salvation. Setting our mind is so critical as we walk out our salvation and the putting off and the putting on process, I believe is a daily thing. The putting off and the putting on. Putting off, I'm going to start here, just point one, putting off your old nature. Where it says, put to death the sinful, earthly things that lurk within you. I mean, I read that and I'm like, really? Do I have de deadly, evil things lurking? Like, ew, ew. But actually the Bible says our, the, the human heart is deceitful above all things. It's like, actually, you, heart, you need to daily be submitted to the things of God. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. In the world we live in that is highly sexualized, 
everything you watch, ads on television, even driving into my local um, mall and there's this big poster that I was like, that is unfair for my husband to have to drive into this place and have that poster there and I will be complaining. Because we must, if we don't take a stand and normalise, then it's then we're just fitting in. We're not setting our minds. And, and this is what happens when good people say nothing, evil can just rise and rise and rise. It says, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time. Say that with me. Now is the time. He says, get rid of it. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. You've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You've stripped it off. Be renewed. Set your mind. Be renewed. I love it here. It says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Um, Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters. I love this. That God's saying, like, put off your old nature. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where your identity has been placed before this moment. Put off your old nature. Set your mind on the things of God. And daily put off the old man. Daily come before the Lord. I love that Chris said that this morning. That's so important that we just take the time to be still and know that He is God and welcome the Holy Spirit to come and bring the adjustments. Perhaps, you know, we should read it as be constantly putting to death rather than just put to death because it's not just a one-time thing. Be constantly going before God with any form of idolatry, which positions, what that means is it positions something else as being more important than God to us. Lying, falsehood. How do we do that? How do we continue to put off? You know, one thing you can do to stop anything from living is you starve it. Starve it. We, we don't like that word because it, it represents a lack. But actually in this instant, starve the things that are trying to grow up against the will of God for your life. Starve them. If there's shows you shouldn't be watching, starve them. If there's language that you need to separate yourself from, starve it. Starve it. Eventually, if you starve something long enough, it will discontinue to grow. Don't feed it. I remember my thing when I first got saved, long, long time ago now, was this, I had this self-loathing. I would speak badly about myself in my mind. I'd go to bed at night and feel unworthy. I, I really wrestled with it. And, and I didn't really know what to do with it because I was brand new on this Christian journey, except I could feel the Holy Spirit trying to reframe my mind. And when I talked to our youth pastor, I asked the question, like, I don't know how to change. And he talked to me about the Word of God and he gave me Psalm 139 and he said, live in it. Live in it. And it was amazing because not just starving what 
was trying to take me down, but feeding the thing that would raise me up, the thing that would replace the thoughts that were trying to take me out. Part of my new nature was now to feed the right things. Psalm 139, this is what it says. Lord, you know everything about me. You know every moment of my heart and soul. You understand my every thought. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. And listen to this, because that first half, I've got to say, scared the the life out of me. (laughs) Then it says, but you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart your blessing to me. This is too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. It goes on to talk about the love of God towards his children. And literally, because I'm very practical, he said, live in it. I lived in it. Over five years, I felt my life go from self-loathing to literally understanding that I am in Christ. I'm hidden in Christ and his love covers me. The self-loathing stopped and the loving Jesus and welcoming him to love me to life began. It wasn't overnight. You know, sometimes miracles happen where it's just like overnight. And in, in this miracle of time, God, God replaces something old with something new as far as your thought life. For me, it took a set your mind on things above, put off Put off the old self. So to put off something, I need to replace it with something else. Our lives, family, are no longer part of this world's value system. So why do we bend and break and bow to a value system that is not set by the kingdom of heaven? We're not meant to conform. That's why sometimes you feel like you don't fit because you don't. We don't fit. We're not meant to fit. We're meant to be in the world, but not of it. We're meant to stand and shine and bring a countercultural sound, a countercultural um, atmosphere, a countercultural song that walks into your place of influence and brings the hope of the world whose name is Jesus Christ. That's why sometimes it's a wrestle. It's like, I don't fit. It's like, no, that's exactly right. You're not meant to fit. You are meant to stand out. And do you know the thing is that I've had to learn, rather than striving in this, um, to take off that old nature, rather than just focusing on all the things that I can't do anymore, right? Because sometimes then you're focusing on it so much that you do the more. It's right. It's human nature, It's like, I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not, oh, gee, I'm going to eat chocolate. (laughs) And lots of it. So rather than live in all the things you cannot do, live in the new life 
and the new power and the ethics of the kingdom of God. We have the power to do this because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places and we do the journey in Christ through the power of the Spirit. And look, whenever you wrestle and tussle and it just feels too hard, can I encourage you to take a moment and sit in the Word. Just if you need to sit in 139 like I did for five years and let God reframe the very core of who I am in Him, then do it because it is so worth it. Put off the old nature. Number two, put on. Put on the new nature. What did it say? It says, since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, you know, forgiveness. It says, remember, you can do this because the Lord forgave you. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your life. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom that he brings and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God, to God the Father. Since God chose you, clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. Have a think about it. You know, when you got dressed this morning, you had to clothe yourself. Your clothes didn't just like jump on your body, right? For our children, it would have been a lot easier, right? If we just like the clothes just jump on their body. We don't have to wrestle. Paul urges us to deliberately, intentionally clothe ourselves with this new nature, so it's like we are seated with Christ. God has raised us to heavenly places, but there's still things we have to do. We just can't lie down all day naked before the Father and I'm not moving until you clothe me. And he's like, sweet person, I've raised you with me. Now get up and get clothed. You know, he, he expects us to partner with him in every area, we have to put on this deliberate, intentional act. Clothes don't put themselves on you. Put on, the Bible says, the full armour of God. Put it on. It doesn't say you walk out in it. It says put it on. Put on your helmet of salvation. Put on your breastplate of righteousness. Put on the, the preparation of peace, these shoes on your feet. Put them on. This is an intentionality. And you know, when you think about that, it's like, oh no, more things for me to do. <laughs> works. Am I back in works again? But no, I want you to look at it differently. Look at it from a heavenly perspective. This is a God who loves us. If he was controlling, manipulative, a master of slaves, not friends. He would do everything for you. March, sit, drink. Like he would have created robotic people who had no ability to think, feel, decide. But because he loves us so much, 
He gave us free will. That's radical. That is radical love. To love someone enough to give us free will. It's radical because it also means we have the ability to make the wrong choices and to do the wrong things. But see, you can't... Love is not love if it's got control threaded all the way through it. There is a, a generosity of spirit always attached to pure love. And that's the way God loves us. In Philippians 2, in a similar way, the Philippians church, this is written to them. It says, Beloved, just if you, you have always obeyed, not as in my presence also, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation <laughs> with fear and trembling. Work it out. I love it because it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's like, work it out, but you're not working it out on your own. You're working it out with me, in me, for me, alongside me. Psalmist says he goes before you, beside you, behind you. He hems you in. He's with you. Even when you feel like you're making really poor choices, God doesn't depart from you. He just stays with you. And if you take the time to just take a moment, take a breath, you'll hear him saying, wrong way, honey, wrong way. Just come back, come back. set your mind, set your sights on heavenly places, set your mind on what I have for you. I was... Um, I loved the, um, the illustration that we had as a, as a team this week around this point about putting on the new. The illustration was um, of someone who's battling a blood disease and what, you know, often oncologists, if that's where the disease tends to live, they will put fresh blood in the body and a lot of fresh blood in the body to overrun the blood that is poisoning the body. And even though the positive health outcome may be almost guaranteed, the experience is still one of conflict where this old way, which brings life or death, and it's heading you in the death path, is overrun by this new way, which is taking you on the life path. And there is this battle going on until life conquers death and life and all its fullness is revealed. And if you think about that, it is what Paul is saying to the Colossian church. He's like, if you yield yourself to the ways of God, putting off the old man and putting on the new, the new nature, it's like remembering that we are now transfused with a perfect and completely untainted blood. It's amazing. Family, his blood, his blood. I love I, when I pray for my family, I picture the blood of Jesus over their households. 
I, I picture it. I picture that Old Testament moment. It's like, no, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my body. I plead the blood of Jesus. And this is our new nature. And the new nature, you can tell there's little glimpses of new nature when you see you living out naturally the love ethics of the kingdom of God. You see there's no striving. You see yourself being tender-hearted in mercy. Sometimes it can take you by surprise. It's like, that had no sting. I actually really do forgive them. Suddenly I'm living with no sting. What was that? Oh, that's your new nature. That's new creation. That, that is everything that God says, this new blood overrunning the old person. It's so good. When you start to make allowance for each other's faults, new nature. It's your new nature. It says, above all, be clothed with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts. The blood of Jesus. So good. Always being thankful. Always being thankful. I was, um, this week, I had my 10-year PET scan and um, it's never a nice experience. You know, you become radioactive for a few days. It's like, woohoo, come on, family, look out. I'm powerful. But um, it was amazing to me. I didn't expect any, anything else other than them saying all clear. I didn't expect anything else. But, you know, it was amazing because when I walk into those places after 10 years of relationship, right, with with oncologists and nurses and staff. And I go to a hospital in Sydney, which is a Christian, the SAN, which is full of Christians. And I'm so aware of my new nature being front and centre in, in that moment. And the testimony of walking in the power of new nature and, you know, that power of whether I live or whether I die on this earth, I live anyway, right? I, I am, this isn't the goal, this earth, um, but there's a job to do while we're here. And, and both my oncologists rang me the next morning to say, hey, everything's good, but we didn't expect anything else. And um, one of the oncologists said, so this, this is the end of us seeing you. And then the other oncologist said, but I'd still like to see you twice a year. And I'm like, okay, why is that? And he says, well, it's really great when you come in. I think it's good for you and your family. And later on, I'm thinking, I actually think that my new creation is good to walk in there. And that's not boasting on me. It's boasting on the goodness of God because we need to be in these spaces. You know, tonight we're um, interviewing two amazing women in our Gosford campus. I these opportunities come to us as a church. Um, Cecina, who is an amazing Christian, who is in the arts and entertainment industry, and she's a songwriter, and she sang yesterday at Sisters a song she was asked to, to write for the German soccer team, the champion soccer team, about next generation and rise up and resilience, and you can hear these little glimpses of Jesus in it as she walks out her mission, 
We're, we're interviewing Nicola McDermott, the famous Olympian Australian who lives on the Central Coast, who, you know, she's breaking world records. She's amazing. But both these girls are impassioned and, and they know why they're there. They know that the new man has conquered the old man and that when they walk into their areas of influence, it's not just the excellence of skill, although that is critical in these, you know, you don't get to sit in palaces of kings if you're sloppy. Right, so here's these girls who are in their areas of influence and what they are doing is they're bringing new creation, they're bringing the joy of new creation into these realms and spheres that we need missional people in, right? The same thing applies to your life, to where you head off to this afternoon, to where you go this week. What is the Lord inviting you into? That Some of you, you may never have wanted to be invited into that space. Yesterday, Amy Taylor, Luke Taylor's wife, our worship pastor, talked about losing their first son. And she said, it's, I'm now part of a club I never wanted to be part of. And then she said, but I get to share my story and the goodness of God and the way I'm surrounded by my church community. And all of a sudden, new creation, putting off the old self, putting on the new self, it started to shine out of her life. It was so powerful. This is, Paul is challenging the Colossian church. I've got two minutes and I haven't even got to my favourite point. So I'm going to really, but, but I felt to just labour here for a moment. Port Stevens is known as a retirement place. I'm going to call it a refinement place because there is a mission on this house to get into those areas, refire the Christians around you and bring new creation to wherever Lord, the Lord has invited you into. Come on, family. The, the message... Um, version, whatever you want to call it, from Colossians 3. It says, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered. I mean, it's all the stuff you go, really? But we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ have run of the house. Your house, your house, your home, your family, the house of God. Let the word of Christ, it says, give it plenty of room in your life. Instruct and direct one another. Sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your life be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God, the Father, every step of the way. Lastly, everyone all right? Sorry I took so long, but hey, live in love. The last part of this, Colossians 3, and look, I'm getting my car and driving home so you can love me or hate me after this point. (laughs) Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Never treat them harshly. Children, Obey your parents. This pleases the Lord. 
Fathers, don't aggravate your children. They'll become discouraged. I mean, this is what Paul is saying to the Colossian church. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. I love that. It says work willingly as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance. If you do what is wrong, be paid back for the wrong. God has no favourites. That's what it says. This passage has always been a controversial one, especially in the era, actually, when it was written. But not perhaps for the reason you might expect regarding our current social perspective on the ideas of submission and authority. And if anyone wants to hear the best message on authority I've ever heard in church, Mark Check spoke it at the gathering. And it is the kindest, most biblical and wonderful. It will restore your faith in the word authority, which has been abused by the church and many other places of society. No one likes being controlled. You know, we want to be controlled by the Spirit of God. We, that's, that's where we want to be controlled. You know, we once went to a wedding, only a couple of years ago actually, that was being officiated by a man who was very much into what initially appears here like God's law around this verse saying women should stay under a heavy control and domination when it comes to the rights of a husband. This is the only verse that the young couple getting married had asked the pastor not to teach on. And he tried to prove a point that he wouldn't be told what to do by a woman by teaching on this point at their wedding. Man having absolute power. Tempers flared. The father-in-law was about to take down the pastor for (laughs) disrespecting his children's wishes so blatantly. Mark and I... We're on Pastoral Care 101 with many people that day. We went home from that wedding absolutely exhausted. And it was so nice that the young couple had sat us with this pastor and his wife for the reception. And it was such the most interesting wedding we've ever been a part of. But I want to tell you, this is what happens when Scripture is taken and used as weaponry rather than the Word of God Himself to lift your life into His framework of blessing. Right from Genesis, we see God creating men and women as equal. Right from Genesis. Differently. Hallelujah. Can everyone say hallelujah to that? But equally. And this isn't a message about this. I'd love to have one one day. I will check with Checky. <laughs> Fun. That was a joke. You'll get it in a little, little while. Paul's words, though, were revolutionary in this context of this patriarchal Roman world. He clearly makes women, children and slaves equal in value and rights and responsibilities to those of men, especially in household leadership. And next week, we're going to talk about slaves and masters. It's such a good message. So... But just stay with me. Paul is dismissing a society-wide household code which regarded women and men, women and children, sorry, and slaves as possessions who could be used and abused and even discarded as per the whim 
of the male, with rare exception. And this new Christian ethic was almost treasonous in this time in history. He elevates women. He could have got stoned. He elevates them as co-heirs with Jesus and emancipates everyone as we are all free. And yet we all have a master who is God, who we submit to. Submission then becomes a protection for women and children in that world that Paul is talking to as something he, he asks them to set their minds on things above as something that was offered willingly from each person because of their love for Jesus Christ and how He's changed them. Do you know, the Word of God says that when we get saved, we actually get a new heart. So He's talking to them out of, this is possible because you have a new heart. And rather than out of obligation, because it was now imposed from a domineering male. See, Paul asks of each of us the thing that is typically the hardest to give and will require the most grace. And that's the word love. You know, it's not hallmark kind of love, family. This is robust, forgiving, grace-filled love. The, only the love that we receive from God can we do this. For the women and children... They're not let off. They're asked to give respect and trust, which considering how they lived would have been the hardest thing to do when the male in their home failed to live in a manner worthy of such respect. But because of the love of God, the Spirit of God, they could do it. For the husband and father, Paul asked them to love in the same way that Jesus has loved us all by laying down their lives. It's a big call actually for the guys. It is a big call. You know, I, we get caught on the word submission and the guys get a bit beaten up, but I actually think this is a very big call for men. And the only way you can do it, you know, Mark and I, we, we've been married nearly 40 years. We are the, both the firstborns, we are both builders, like we love to build. We are both visionaries. We, we go to bed thinking about vision. We wake up thinking about vision. And sometimes we are a nightmare for each other. And, and that's life. And the only way that we can fulfill the call of God on our lives is this word love empowered by the Holy Spirit, which means I can yield that is a hard word for a builder, right? It yields my will and say, out of love and respect, I want to hear everything that's on your heart and I want to come alongside that and serve that. And He, out of the love by the Holy Spirit, can say, I want to hear everything in your heart and I can serve that through the power and the love of the Holy Spirit. On our own, this wouldn't be a happy day. But in the power of God, we lay down our lives and serve each other because there is a greater thing at play here. Our role is not to be happy. It's not. That's not our goal in our marriage. Our goal is to serve kingdom purposes through our marriage, which requires us both to yield. 
Paul asks the husband and father to lay down their lives. And in this world, it was so countercultural. I want to say today, you know, there is a cross to carry in these teachings for every person. The cross requires love for God and love for others, to serve one another in love. And I'll just finish with this one thing that God says at the end, there is no partiality in Christ. It's an amazing statement that God has no favourites. With this, what this means to us is God treats us with perfect equity, perfect ethic of love. We are all equally valued. We all have been purchased with the same price of love by Jesus Christ on the cross. And no one can now say that God doesn't love us or favours one above the other. There's no racial or gender or socioeconomic or personal background that will affect our equal standing before God. All are welcome at the table of the Lord. I want to remind you of that today. All, all are welcome at the table of the Lord. We put off the old nature family. We put on the old nature and we live in love by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can everyone say amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to just lift your hands to receive right now. Holy Spirit, just in these remaining moments, do what only you can do. Where there are adjustments needed, Father, in our attitudes, do what only you can do. Where our sights need to be taken from the things that are just so earthbound, to You lifting our sights as the glory and the lifter of our heads, Father, lifting our eyes, setting our minds on things above. Today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that You'll give us a new gift of just being enabled to live from this position, that we truly can see the whole world from up here, that we see things differently. Father, I thank You today that our calling is a gloriously common calling to love You and to love others to You. And Father, I just thank You for the richness of Your Word today, that You are speaking to Your church across the earth and changing us from glory to glory for Your name, for Your glory. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you want me to pray with you this morning and lead you in a prayer that says, God, I want to live my life as a Christian. I can see today that there's no way I can do this life without you. I've tried living my life without you, God, and and I can't do it. I need to live my life in you, through you, for you. I want to live my life in a community of faith where I am discipling and encouraged into the things of God. I want to live my life free from the shackles of the past and sin, the things that entangle me. And today I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, while everyone has their eyes shut, I just want you to lift your hand high and boldly so I can see who I'm praying for today in Jesus' name. And I want to lead you in a prayer right where you're seated. I see you there, beautiful lady. Who else is there this morning? Just raise your hand so I can see it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love this. My favourite thing in all the world because I remember the difference it made in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray with our sister this morning. And I want us to pray together.
dearest Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to You. I open my heart to You and say, have Your way. Thank You for forgiving me of my sin. Thank You for rising from the dead for me. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for filling me now. I am now a Christian in Jesus' Name. Amen and Amen. Let's give God praise this morning. Come on, give Him praise. Give Him praise.